This is the story of an anime being rushed out of... I don't really know, man. Just let's get to the episode. Today we are talking about Guilty Crown. Hello everyone, welcome to the Weeb Initiative, I'm your host, The Weeb. This week we're talking about an anime that I love, most for its music, but I love either way, Guilty Crown. Guilty Crown is uh, the first OVA I'll be talking about in the podcast, OVA meaning original video animation, so it, it does not have a manga as its source material, it was originally created as an anime. The manga and the novel came after its release. That's one of the, let's say, characteristics of it. This, first off, I'll start with disclaimers because there are some things I really want to talk about. Uh, First one is a spoiler alert, as always. I will be talking about some parts of the anime that really, really might spoil the fun. I don't know if I... I don't script this thing, so I don't know if I will touch on the secrets, but either way, spoiler alert. And also, due to the to the synopsis of this anime, if anything sounds too on the nose, uh, considering our sitch in 2021, uh, please be advised uh, be warned i didn't choose this with any ulterior motive i'm just here to talk about the anime and the best part of it it's amazing soundtrack it's one of the best composures of a original soundtrack i can think of it's one of the best so wrap around let's go talking about first the uh, the premise, the premise, no, before that I will talk about the studio and the specs. So it came out in October 2011 and ended in March 2012. It has strangely 22 episodes and its soundtrack is all original from what I gather. I think some of the Troy songs are bought, but anyways, the the um, focus here is the music as i will talk about later the story is this the weak link in the whole whole siege and that's basically it it's produced by ig production which is a a really good studio in my humble opinion i can only sing praises for them because some of the anime i love most of them were created by IG production or which studio which is the subsidiary the sister company under the IG port umbrella with production just as a side note they do Shingeki no Kyojin the ancient Magus Bride and some other uh, Vinland Saga some other pretty pretty big anime pretty big projects so Again, uh, about IG Production. IG Production had, I can say had because it's been, I think, like seven to eight years that they don't do OVAs anymore, but they are the studio responsible for the Blood series. So Blood Plus, Blood C, Blood the Last Vampire, and all the, the related stuff, and some other OVAs. So I really, I. I love Blood Plus to death. I someday I will make the episode about Blood Plus, but I really have to take my time on it. It's it has four seasons and all all manner of things I I need to say about that. So okay, that's about uh, the studio, about the OST because as you see, I will talk a lot about it's a center theme of the anime in some instances. First. For the openings, they made uh, public auctions for, uh, according to Wikipedia, 
over 2,000 candidates to sing the opening. All the OST is composed by here it is Hiro, Hiroyuki Sawano. I don't know. I just say the names because maybe it means something for you. I don't know artist's name, so either way. So the the person singing the openings is not a VA. It's not the voice actress for voice actor or voice actress for any of the characters in the anime. The voice acting is dealt really with professions professionals of the area and not by someone they picked up. I think it's for it was for the consistency of the work. I don't know. I just have to give this shout out Shelly, which is the girl who sings My Dearest, which is the first opening, and Everlasting Guilty Crown, which is the second opening. You you rock if you ever <laughs> hear this. Please please know I I love your work. So, um, aside from that, sidetracking myself. The OST is composed by 75 minutes of audio, so it's a pretty long... To my knowledge, it's a pretty long OST for a 22 episodes anime. Just saying, just saying, IG Production makes makes an effort for their, their OVAs. At, at the very least, they, they did. Anyways, uh, that's the... So that's all the things I wanted to shout out, I wanted to say first, so the OST, original soundtrack, is the best part of it, design's second and story's last, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, the premise, uh, it's so like 2029, uh, December 24th, there's this outbreak of a virus that, oh boy. Uh, it's basically a whole pandemonium, which it's like, for some reason, people just get infected and they automatically turn to crystals and the crystals just uh, straight up disintegrate. So it's pretty messed up. And yeah, there's this one event, they call it the Lost Christmas in 2029. So 10 years later, our story, our story starts, which is 2039, uh, our main character, Omashu, he is a student at one of the school high schools, so pretty normal start, but for some reason, and, and I'm, I'm explaining this in the way Shu sees it, I will not, I'll try not to get the, those out of camera moments, because to me, it's easier to, to you to follow, I think. So Shu is there studying, and someday he goes to a place on the back of his school that he goes to be alone and all. And he finds this girl, which is, uh, at the very least, they say she's a singer in the anime, but it's never really um, shown her singing or making a video. She's just regarded as an internet artist. Not like a VTuber, but really someone like a YouTuber, I think. A YouTuber that sings, singer? I don't know. People people break out into the world by singing in YouTube. I mean, Justin Weaver did that, but that's a, a whole other story. Either way. So she's the singer of a, a fictional band called Egoist in the anime. And he finds her in his special place there. Wounded and carrying something important. Okay, so then he goes, tries to help her, and all, and and you already get this this thing where you can see the where the connection starts, where the the they try to do the romance to get the head start, and then there's some things where it is explained that she stole something from the this government agency that took over after the outbreak in 2029 which basically basically the city is Japan is Japan is now governed by a military organization and it has lost its sovereignty basically and everyone is so there to two kinds of people now, the the people who comply with the 
with the government and people who don't. And it's clearly shown in the first episodes, like, they will just bullshit away to kill uh, political opponents and so on and so forth. It's kind of messed up, it's pretty brutal actually. They don't care if it's women or children, it's just yeah, fire all cylinders, get the work done. And so back to the back to the story. So Shu finds her. Her name is and I will butcher this. Yuzuriha Inori. And she's the cutest girl ever. But that's uh that's a judgment of a pass later. Um so anyways, so he finds her and he discovers that she's actually connected to a terrorist organization and that the thing she stole is actually really important and he gets like pulled to deliver it because she's injured and he's kind of the it's pretty teenager like uh, I don't know what what I want to do with my life I don't know why I'm here doing what I do and that's the seed so he's kind of a weak-minded doesn't know his way yet and all and then he gets uh, railroaded to to get the thing to the terrorist so and he he goes with it I, I would not not pass judgment on that I don't know each one to their own so they go there he tries to to deliver it but they then they are found by the the guys that got stolen the government agency and they are pursuing Nuri, and to protect her, he accidentally opens the the thing she stole. That there is a a capsule, I would say a capsule, a vial, maybe with this. Uh, and this big, this starts the the whole stage. So they use a lot of bullshit science fiction uh, jargon to try to make an explanation. Of the powers and so on but let's just say he gets powers and there's this thing where he can draw out the soul of a person and each soul has a it's kind of a tool sometimes a weapon sometimes a, a mix of both sometimes something you can't really guess from looking and that's the that's the whole thing so he pulls out her soul her soul is actually a uh, the main weapon of the series that's a huge sword and he goes there and and here is the the other thing this this anime has mecha in it it's uh they never really explain the way the mecha works but sometimes it seems like if the mecha gets destroyed the pilot dies but that never really happens so i don't know uh let's go um and then he goes, there's this whole thing with the the whole fight. He just scraps other mechas in his way with this amazing soundtrack. I really mean it. If you gonna watch this anime, use some good headphones. You you thank yourself for that. It is a really, really good soundtrack. It takes the experience so hard to the next level it's it's indescribable so uh, then he goes there saves her uh, when he gets to the to the terrorist to, to deliver the vial the vial is not it's broken he has the powers and so he gets kind of railroaded into getting into the terrorist organization for some reason and he goes just like okay I guess I mean just roll with it to this point, you are like in the third episode, so you just go in with the uh, rolling with the punches. At this point, uh, at least I think I, I am, and then um, and then the story basically starts. So you know, he gets to live with him because the terrorist chief that is uh, Tsutsugami Gai, which is the the our protagonist later, it's more explained, but he's the second protagonist basically. And he's the chief of the terrorist cell, and he gets uh, Inori to leave Shu for no apparent reason other than peer pressure, and that starts the the oh it's easy going 
school life kind of mix of the anime. And and mind you, this is the first five episodes. <laughs> and now we th and this is the stage, right? This is the um, this is the introduction from the anime. Now I need to talk about what happens after episode five. And this is more of a conspiracy theory. I I could not for the life of me find something that proves that agrees with my theory but let's just say it's a hunch it's uh having seen some of the best ovas from my g production i feel it in my bones that from episode six forward someone just kicked the door in the office came in shouting like god damn you guys are think we have four seasons for this we only have two, and you guys are like trying to make a good plot, short, shorten it by principle. And this is a really heavy conspiracy theory, but I, I will tell you about it. So, um, six, sixth episode, they go on a mission that it's the first time like shoes still pretty. Uh, lukewarm towards the idea of a, being a terrorist and going against the government and all and he has this thing where he he's already been betrayed I, I mean it's it's kind of already a mess his head is already a mess this is a, a part I will get to later but the whole thing is already kind of getting to him and he has this mission where he needs to get to get one of his friends to a installation, a, a government building, to steal something because apparently guy has this ability to see the void. The they call the the manifestation of the souls voids. So guy has this ability to see the form of voids and what they do. It's never really explained why, but rule with it. And he, this one friend of Shu has this. Void which can open anything, so you just click it and it opens whatever it, it is the form of open, he opens it, and that's it. So he has to take the, the guy to a far away location. It's the beach episode, actually. We it's uh like five minutes of beach episode, but anyway, so I'm getting sidetracked already. And we get to this part where he gets his void and opens up the thing. And when they get to it, it's not there. And it not being there, they have to bail out and all. And they calling reinforcements, people, st uh, the guards start shooting. There's this part where, you know, he gets two glocks and starts just wrecking it. It's kind of amazing actually it's the anime is well animated too but i don't know man the it's it's still not the the peak it's uh, kind of an 8 out of 10 it's pretty near the peak but not really the peak uh, getting sidetracked and then the first let's say system hack happens so shu has to look in the eyes of a person to extract this the void and and extracting the void is like reaching into the person's middle of the chest and pulling it out okay that's the rules so he has to see the person in the eyes and then the first hack happens where for no apparent reason he's really far apart from Inori and she just appears to him in a extra dimensional layer of his mind and somehow she gets her own void and fuses it with some kind of power that unlocks a, a railgun. It's kind of a railgun, a, a laser, whatever, you get it. She just spawns it out of thin air and that's the first break. And then we start to the, to the part where I really, really think they just started cutting corners. So from episode seven forward, everything is rushed. So every interaction, every 
time they try to do character development and everything is cut. You can see the the start the story starts to chug along so hard because then they start to reveal all all of the the things they have to do. So actually there's this thing where there's this uh, entity from 10 years ago which was the patient zero of the virus and she actually controls the virus for no apparent reason because they do not explain anything and apparently she can be revived and all and for some reason Inori gets kidnapped for no apparent reason by someone who appears out of thin air which has the freaking powers of Shu so sh the guy which does not look like a guy but kind of looks uh, it's I would say a trap but it's not a trap it's pretty obvious that it's like whatever so this guy appears out of thin air and he starts talking about things we do not there's no clue what the heck is happening Inori gets kidnapped by him he gets the the sword from her for no apparent reason because he has the powers then gets her to a extra-dimensional plane and somehow the some guy that is not really they don't say his name for the whole I don't know eight episodes before they actually give out his name so first time they say you're like who and it, it starts to really get messed up <laughs> and then we get so all the all these things happen. A whole operation gets gets wrecked by the the government because because apparently the government has always this uh, one step for one step ahead, and all everything has cameras, cameras everywhere, surveillance state, and so on and so forth. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. And then episode eleven and then episode twelve in the clock. On the clock, on the freaking clock, and and this is where I say this gets so rushed, and and something happened that they had to cut two seasons. I, I think it was two seasons, but we'll get there. Episode eleven and episode twelve, they try to get so much so much flashback content on two episodes. I think episode ten too, but either way. Episode 11 and episode 12, they, they dump so much information on, on you, it's it's ludicrous. So apparently, Shu had a older sister that died, but he, he by trauma, just splurred that memory from his mind, because whatever. And when he actually remembers it, he actually remembers guys' childhood friend from him that he just suppressed the memory to. And apparently, they are trying to revive his sister because she's the one controlling the virus. But actually, no. And, uh, and apparently, Inori is actually a body created without the soul to get the soul from his sister back to a body and revive her. Whatever. Let's get to it. And uh, just to, to cut the corners, right? So episode ten, I think it's episode ten. They they do this. The government do this thing where they kind of release a second lost Christmas, a kind of mini second less lost Christmas. So a lot of people start to get the virus again. So uh, just quick side note, right? The the virus outbreak ten years ago had this thing where people have to have regular vaccines. I mean weekly, because the virus is kind of a cancer, and if you don't treat it, it starts to grow crystals on you until you grow enough crystals to either lose a part of your body or your whole body, or you get the the situation right. And then they unleash this sound wave, which apparently activates the virus in the um, overclocked manner. But Inori, for some reason, has this song 
which she sings, which is awesome, by the way, which is awesome. It's part of the OST. It's pretty good. That just negates it. So uh, one song is for activating, and one song is for deactivating. Deactivating, goddamn. And and I don't know. Uh, that's the that's the thing, right? And first season episode 12, it it ends up with guy sacrificing her himself for Shu to try to kill his sister again because apparently she died the first time she oh, lost Christmas was like the thing where she unleashed all the virus and killed herself for accident question mark it's a whole mess it's a whole mess and he tries to kill her body uh, just to give the names right her sister is called Mana Oma Mana either way Let's get to the second season. So, episode 13. <laughs> episode 13, first episode of second season. Oh boy. So, after this whole disaster of unleashing the second mini Lost Christmas, the government agency tries to up their power, their sovereignty over Japan. So, they institute a, a whole ass lockdown with poli police surveillance and mechas everywhere and automatic fire if someone does does not respect it it's pretty brutal they do they do shoot at civilians it you can see if you ever saw something from production id you can see blood sea on that scene it's it's blood sea written all over it with mechas and 3d animation okay after that Side note, uh, so they get they get this thing where people are stuck in their in the places they they had when the lockdown happened, and all the students are back at school, and Shu is kind of bummed out because guy died, and guy at the, that point was like Shu's idol because guy was the school guy that could do anything even though he could not do anything he could make people really believe that he could do anything and all and all and self-confidence and all whatever so we get to this part where they you see that the politics inside the school are getting kind of kind of messed up uh, tensions people can see their families there's no TV no telephone they are in the future, so they have this kind of uh, digital tablets, so the kind of holograms and, and all so, uh, side notes. And then we, uh, so yeah, <laughs> supporting Cass, let's go. So the friend, Sota's friend, which has the, that power to open up things, Sota. I don't remember any of the <laughs> surnames for the supporting cast because they don't, they don't really matter. And there's this, the Cryas representative, which I do not remember the name. There's this guy who betrayed him already, that's Yahiro. And there's the student council president, which is Nagisa. Nagisa? I think it is. Unrelated. Um, I would say it's not really important to the overall plot, although it kind of is. Either way, they go through their motions, the, pres the president of the student Consul has to manage all the vaccines, food and all. And they eventually get to the point where the students are trying to get the president to renounce. And they kind of do, they kind of do. But then there's this one event that they try to do to get the morals up, which is the school festival. And oh boy, that's... Ah... Uh, that's so much filler in love itself, but but they they do when the the episode the second half of the episode is actually pretty good. It's actually uh, action packed. Oh, so, all right. So uh, side note too, there's this whole supporting cast of the terrorists, the 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 Undertakers. That is the I. That is people um Ayase which is the pilot of the Max but she's paraplegic from the waist down and she has this whole arc where she does not accept help to get into her wheelchair and all 
there's Tsugumi, which is the Yuri persona, I would say a child genius too. There's Zaguro Arugo and the big guy, I, I just forgot the name, well, whatever. Uh, that I, I'm telling all the names because later uh, I need to say what really happens. So they have this, they try to have this festival, but then there's this guy who's obsessed with Shu. They, there's this kind of a Joker, it's pretty Joker-like. They try to mimic Joker a lot on him because he's, I would not say psychopathic, but sociopath in more ways than one. And he's obsessed with the the power of the voids and and Shu in general. So he tries to mess up with them indirectly. And so they get he gets some kind of stragglers outside of the school to weapons and a mecha to wreck up the place, get food, looting and all. You you can see where I'm going with this. And they try to loot, but uh, Shu gets Ayas's void to her, and because he has now this power where uh, before he had to extract the void and knock out the person, but now he can extract the void and knock, knock, not knock down the person, so the person can use the, her own void and all. And there's this whole scene where Ayas actually can fly and walk, and there's this. It's the um, the part of the character development where the the character can see what they lost and cope with the loss, right? It's never really explained why she's paraplegic, but it it is the way it is. And then they have this part where Shu actually saves everyone, and everyone sees it. It's a lot showy, for lack of a better word. It's pretty fleshed out to anyone in the school and then there's this they come back to the reality of politics and the student council president and all and on and on and for one reason or another she steps down and they get Shu to be in her place and when Shu gets to be the king it does not go well and this goes to the to the main point I want to make uh, for all the plot holes and all I would say that Guilt Crown is a story about trauma Shu is a character molded by trauma he has trauma from his childhood that leaves him to do to be the way he is lose his way in his life and from trauma to trauma he he just chugs along on the enemy. So the trauma of losing Guy, the trauma of later, and I will say this already because I'm already spoiling all this, the trauma of discovering his family's past, the trauma of getting to know his sister, although briefly, but the trauma of knowing why he's there, what happened before, what was to happen, the trauma, and this is the part where we are, right? So at the school, there's this one girl that's Hare, that's the love interest. She, she's, she has a crush on him. It's clear from the first episode on, but he does not. He kind of just looks at Inori, and and, and I have to say, Inori is pretty nice as a character, but. She, you can see some parts of her that are pretty ugly. I I came out of rewatching this because I rewatch everything or or reread any manga or anime that I that I present here. I always try to refresh everything. I came out after rewatching Guilty Crown not liking Nori as much as I initially thought because you can see some parts where it's pretty Although she grows up to like Shu, she, she's not the best one, in my opinion. There's some parts, but that's that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, so there, there's Hare, that's the second love interest. And to this part, they get involved in, a, in an accident because he has, he has to... He has to. He gets coerced into... Implementing a system which hangs 
ranks people on the quality of their void and Shoes friend Solta gets ranked really low on the F tier <laughs> yeah, yeah, tier list before, tier list were cool but whatever, I, I don't wanna draw too much on it and they get Lex vaccine so you get uh, you get to see later that Sota actually starts to grow the crystals on his head it's pretty gross and generally just just get get bad treatment from people right and he gets coerced into implementing this and the people on, on F tier try to prove, them, prove themselves by getting more vaccines from a local hospital that apparently wasn't looted yet but then the government agency, the Joker character, I, I don't even remember his name because goddamn, I, I hate that guy just summons the max and <laughs> to the hunt, right? and there's this whole fight, right? and shoot, trying to get people to safety and, and so on and so forth but then Hare and, and shoot doesn't does not get to see this but Yahiro gets and eh, it's a whole mess if you break the void which is not explained how the heck you break a void because goddamn some some of them are swords how do you break a sword huge sword I, I can't I, I can't show a visual representation for that but I mean some things that are you just get to beat people with how do you break that I mean it will wear out but we wanna it will not break either way so Hades void is kind of a bandage that has its own motion I think it's a hard to explain it's it's a bandage and one of the mechs shoots it and after he shoots it her body gets all all crystallized and poofs out of existence and Shu just gets to see that part where she poofs and that's the that's the the trauma that's the the one trauma on the second season that starts the school arc really it's hot as death uh this is a major spoiler but <laughs> i had this spoiler warning at the start don't say i didn't so they get this so shu gets really tyrannical he tries really to get the system running and the only person he really trusts is actually Inori and it gets it gets sickening it's it is sad but at the same time you you say you become really possessed with this feeling of god damn this guy is, is, a, is an asshole <laughs> and that's that's it that's basically it and back to <laughs> and this is the part where things start to get really 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 messed up so there's this tyrannical government already in school so the shoes treating people really badly it's really really messed up and at some point Arugo which was one of the undertakers comes to rescue the oh, the former consul, consul president because she her grandfather's kind of a big shot it's not explained also and he wants her out and Arugo goes there and uh, and he's Shu's friend although when he gets there he starts to say yo man you are being an asshole and he gets sent to the improvised prison and so on and so forth so escape and all and all and someone tells Nagisa which is the student council president the whole thing where everything's messed up and actually when you break your void you die and all and all and the everything's messed up at this point and so people really the civil unrest at the school gets really heavy and everything and there is this this thing where there's no character development to say this but at some point next Nagisa just turns around to, from being that uh, proudful Ojo-sama to sell her body to a no one just to get information and favors outside of her reach and I, I had to I had to sit down and think god damn it's not explained and she just has this 180 of an opinion of doing something like that it's it, it's just ludicrous I, I, I don't have a better words to say this but it's ridiculous 
I think it's ridiculous. It, it just happens from one second to the other. It's really bad. It's... Oh, boy. I'm getting all messed up in my words, too. So, anyways. And then they have this plan, right? So, Shu has this plan where he will get people out of the school, out of the, the um, quarantine zone they have. But at the same time, they ha when they do this plan, they start to plan a coup. A coup de tour. I, I don't speak French. I don't know how to. They try to take power. And they just plan to do that just after they leave the quarantine zone. Although they are not safe. <laughs> I don't know where they, they thought they were safe the moment they stepped out of the college, of the school. But they... <laughs> There's this thing, right? So you don't stop in a place where there's danger. That's the basic human instinct. But it's so ludicrous to even fathom what happens there. At the worst possible moment, they try to be betray the guy. And, and I mean, they could betray the guy. I, I, I do not judge on that. But not at that point. Not at that point. There, there's no reason for doing that at that, that specific point in time. They could just regroup in some safer place and do that, but actually no, whatever. And I say that because the next second, what happens is a whole lot of mechas storming to the fray, kill a whole lot of students, and Guy apparently revives for some reason, although he's he has this, the crystals on his head too. And this is the part where nothing else makes sense, actually. So guy just comes out of thin air with the, these crystals. He just he stands his hand forward and pulls out the voids from people and combines them to fuse them, which is uh, first in the anime, if you don't consider the first hack of, you know, they just spawning the sword on episode 7. But anyways... And then he just kills a lot of people. He takes Shu's arms out. So Shu actually lose, loses the power to draw out voids the moment he loses his, his arm and everything now. And the only one who stays with him is Inori at the end because Nagisa actually has a crush on Guy, although it's clear that Guy does not have eyes for her and it's this unre unrequited love. And oh, and she she gets this part where she will blindly follow him, although she knows she knows that it will result on nothing. Either way, sidetrack. So she loses his arm and all, and then we get this whole two episodes of them. Two episodes, I think it's just one actually. That they uh, they are running around, escaping police and the mechas, and you know the is trying to. To nourish you, although he's depressed, traumatized, and without an arm now, <laughs> and without powers, right? And then she somehow she finds out that actually they are searching for her and not him, and so she sacrifices herself. She gets this, I'd say, transformation kind of transformation where she can spawn Wolverine-like crystal blades from her arms and get like super speed and all out of thin air, man. I'm just rolling with it at this point. And then there's this whole thing where she gets captured eventually. And then we go to the roll with the punches and all. And the Undertakers. That I, I, and this is the part. And I need to say this. Uh, some, some characters are really just killed because there's no closure to them. And this is the, the final part where I'm, I'm gonna draw it out. Because I will talk about the, the ending of the anime either way. But and this is my opinion too. Now that I that I could just draw the the whole picture for you to analyze. So the thing is, from episode seven forward, the anime gets really rushed. The info dumps are huge. If you miss a phrase, you may miss something really important. You may miss intentions. You may much of the of what I'm telling you, much, not much, some parts are inferred and not explicitly shown. Some parts are just theories, some parts are unconfirmed, some things 
it's implied, although it's not shown. Um, and that's the whole thing. With 22 episodes and this kind of multi-character art, this whole development, world building and all, you can see and, and this whole jargon they use to the genome, void genome, the king vial and things that, that I don't... I didn't mention because I ha I would have to stop and explain everything. But please watch the anime, it's pretty good. It's a, it's a lost gem of the, <laughs> the early 2010s. But this whole chart and the, the powers, the mana, the mana situation, the whole situation with Shu's father, Shu's mother, who's actually not his biological mother, uh, Nagisa situation, which I thought was this just so out, so sudden, no foreshadowing, no no hesitation, no no nothing. She just yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And this whole thing, and this is a this is a thing I would talk, I want to talk about too. We never get to see the whole story about Inori's creation. We can infer she was created on a lab to be Mana's body. But at some point they say that guy releases her from a pot and teaches her things from human life. But that's never shown. They, o they only show like, I don't know, three frames from her being released and that's it. And I mean, that's the, that's the thing, right? And... No one, no one of the characters actually have closure in any of their arcs. The only one that gets near to that is Ayase, which gets to finally cope with the loss and accept help, which I thought was one of the good examples of closure they could have done. But we don't get closure on Inori, we don't get a real closure on Guy, and that's the ending, but the ending is... it's, <laughs> it's bullcrap. Oh boy, it's, it's shit. But we don't have closure on his friends, we don't have closure on the whole planet, the whole siege with Japan, how things went after they could defeat Mana and all. And, and this is the thing, right? So they defeat Mana, but... And get this, Mana gets, at most, 30 seconds of screen time. She has, like three lines after her revival in Inori's body. Oh boy, I'm spoiling so much already. And that's it. That's it. She gets 30 seconds, does, does one one thing, say three lines, and they cut to the final battle between Shu and Guy, and when Guy dies, she dies. With no previous warning, no reason given, she just dies. And, and I would want to talk about this too. So, remember when I said that episode 11 and episode 12, they info dump a whole lot of things to try to make up for the fact that this anime just has two seasons, in air quotes, two seasons. Near the end, on episode 20 or 21, they try to info dump the, the whole deplore of the thing. So they are already assuming that you started watching this from the very start and got all of the clues and everything beforehand. So there are things they don't actually show again because <laughs> gotta have those 22 minutes for the TV, right? So they try to info dump all of the deplore that happened with Shu's father, the actual origin of the virus, this, the whole siege with Shu's mother and Shu's father. Why Shu's father is not present? Why? I'll say why again because the the why is the shorter answer and the why is the longer answer. Like what really happened? Why it happened? Who did it? What did it? How did it? And that's the whole thing, right? And we get this. I don't know, man. It's the all everything feels rushed by the end. Everything feels like so many things just thrown into the air. You you know all these things, but you you don't know the explanation why. And you sit there feeling like, what did I just watch? What is this? 
why? But I'll, I'll give you, I'll give them credit. I cried at the end. I, I don't know why. I just know that those last scenes, I, the tears just came to my eyes and I, I closed my eyes and goddamn, it's, it's rolling off my cheek and yeah, I don't know what to do with that. And that's it for the beauty crown actually for my final and i already gave my opinion i think it's rushed i really think that if i knew a producer there a director i don't know they would tell me that they got cut off on episode six or seven and they had planned for more than 22 episodes i really think they wanted to try to do blood plus again which blood plus has four seasons so it's a whole year to develop all the plot points and I really think they could have done that but for one reason or another they didn't. I really recommend the anime. It's it's really good. If you don't stick to the details like I do, it's really really good. It's a really good time. The animation's perfect. And quick note about the design, right? So the first the first attire of the first you know the attire, the red dress see the artwork it's really skimpy but I never noticed it. this is just a, a sighted bit that I between me growing up with the anime and all and re-watching it the dress is pretty skimpy but I never really noticed it I always thought it was so so stylish so out there this design of I don't know it's kind of a future but I can't explain it, just just something I wanted to say. Uh, for my grades, the OST is a 10 out of 10, no questions asked. I, I, can't, I can't really explain why, but between my dearest BIOS, Everlasting Guilty Crown and Departures, it's just, it's just beautiful, it's just beautiful, it's really good. I can't I can't explain it. I can't I lack the words to describe it. I'm not a music person. I cannot describe it. I can just say it's a really good time. Watch it with watch the anime with headphones, good headphones. It really pays off. And for animation I'll give eight out of ten. The fights are really well coordinated. I cannot say that's bad animated. It's pretty competent sometimes better so it's an 8 out of 10 and the story because of the rush i have to give it a fair five object objectively five but on my on my way of seeing it it's a seven it's at the very least a seven so after this long rant right um thank you for listening thank you for watching if you want to follow me on spotify subscribe me on youtube if you can tell your friends right so please and I'll see you next time. Thank you for everything. 